Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Sports Bar with Danger and Bataglia. Bills, Bengals in primetime. Oh, boy. Sunday Night Live. Sunday Night Football. You know, here's a guy. One big thing to look out for is that the Bengals have a knack of starting really fast when they succeed. Mike Danger. This team, this Bengals team, has been a a problem for the Buffalo Bills. I like the Bengals on Sunday. 27-24. Oh! Team Bataglia. Should the Buffalo Bills be playing complimentary football? <laughs> you only say that when you're the underdog. Let's be clear on that. You only say that when you're facing a tough offense. Yeah, of course. It's Football Friday. Intercepted, and that is Paul Alexander. And this game is over. How are they 5-3? and three? They have mastered the art of winning ugly. Dude, how about Wemby? How about Wemby? 38 with 10 rebounds. I am assistant. The Rangers are the World Series champions. Ministry. College football. Michigan in all this, they're the good guys. Go Sabres. <laughs> the great thing is to play back-to-back. The Amherst hosts Utica. 95.7 FM and AM 950 The Fan. Rochester. I, I don't know, Gino. Are you ready? We, we, you know, what we have tonight. We have playoff action tonight. Yeah, you talking section five? No. What? Okay, playoff action. Did you not section five? What, what are we talking about? We, we've got a a tournament, an NBA pl- in season tournament that kicks off tonight. That's tonight. I thought that was later. It starts tonight. It, you know, you know why you didn't know? Because it's a zero. It's a nothing. <laughs> It's a promotion. <laughs> it's something that will t- maybe spark a little bit of interest in games that normally fans don't really pay attention to in the NBA. I didn't even know how this thing worked out. Like when I heard, okay, in-season tournament, I get it. Little fun, little thing that the NBA is doing. And and every, I guess that each player on the winning team wins half a million dollars. So there's the incentive to play. Do you know anything about how these 30 teams are 
are split up and scheduled. Can, can I lay it out for okay. everybody? I, I'm going to be. I'm supposed to be the sports guy that knows everything and tell you everything. I'm happily oblivious I, to this. Go ahead. That's why I want to kind of. Like, yeah. I'm doing this as a public service announcement. Okay. If you want the added excitement of the NBA's uh, in-season tournament here, 30 teams randomly drawn into groups of five within their conference based on win-loss records from last season. Each team plays four designated group play games on tournament nights. Tonight is a tournament night. Okay. The eight teams with the best record in group play games then advance to the knockout rounds along with two wild card teams. Okay, that's what I was paying attention to first week in December. Okay, right? That's the yeah. first week in December? Knockout rounds will be single elimination games in the quarterfinals, semifinals, and the championship. That's it. And what does the champion get? Like a golden ticket to the playoffs? Each player gets half a million dollars. I think that's it. And the, I'm sure there's a nice trophy. That right? That that's what they're talking about in the in the, the promo. It's a trophy. And yeah, look at this trophy for the play-in tournament. Uh, Not the play-in tournament. I, the the okay. in-season tournament. So I'm supposed to tune in tonight to Grizzlies Trailblazers. <laughs> because this is some made-up tournament. What are we do? What are we talking about? What you're not excited for tournament action? I'm more excited for Section Five tournament. Yeah, action, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, and speaking of Section Five, I, I saw that you saw the, the news that just crossed our feed. The Gray Wolves, the Gray Wolves of Canandaigua. Okay. I, I think we can say there are certain words that you can't say in pro sports, but Canandaigua was known as the Braves before. Right. We had the Atlanta Braves. Yeah. And this is not their decision. This was New York State. Yep. And there were some districts, Canisteo, Greenwood, for instance, and they're way down there on the southern tier, using still the R word that, okay, maybe that's it. But rather than split hairs and have debates, just no more imagery. Which R word? Because there's several R words. Um, well, the I, one no, that's. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's it's accurate. Uh, so it's the Gray Wolves. Gray Wolves. But the majority of the color in the Gray Wolves logo is still not red. Cherry. Cherry. That's good. You know. See, we know our local schools here in the sports bar, Canandaigua, we got you. The cherry and gray. That was the, the Cherry sto- Wolves. The, the Gray Wolves. Oh. Gray is the other color. Yes. Yes. But uh, you can make you can make the wolf with the cherry eyes look all mean and everything. Yeah. Yeah, but it, they didn't do that with the logo. Like the wolf is, is red. Uh, cherry, I'm sorry. The wolf is cherry. cherry. You could have done it where the eyes, I guess the logo, the eyes could have been a little bit more of a, you know, that yeah. cherry. And even if it was just that, maybe that would have been enough cherry in the logo. But the, the wolf to me doesn't look like a gray wolf. It looks like a cherry wolf. This is where I would just point out that Canandaigua is actually a Native American word. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like the, word, the chosen spot. I, I venture to guess that most of the residents of Canandaigua and the parents and the boosters and everybody's kind of like, yeah, okay. Thanks. Thanks, New York State. Yep. This is what we're worried about. Well, I'm not going to mention the other school district. It wasn't Canandaigua, but you and I did a game where we're like, oh, you're choosing a name. Oh, you chose a new name. You're not talking about that tonight. Oh, <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> don't bring this up that will upset people. Okay, yep. no problem. No problem. We're here to serve. <laughs> we are here to talk about your team. We're uh, we're happier with us here in the sports bar. Thanks for listening along at 95.7 FM AM 950. Our video stream is up at the Fan Rochester. You can watch us on YouTube and on Twitch. We we're wearing the same damn thing today. We are. We got the memo. We're wearing the same black, almost exactly identical black hoodies. Um, we, we've got, uh, you can get us in the Odyssey app as well, of course, and we sound our best on your smart device when you ask it to play. 95.7 The Fan. Great show lined up for you. Here's what's on tap in the sports bar and on tap at Three Heads Brewing. Cranberry grape sour ale, tart cranberries, New York State grapes coming together to make a delicious treat. Get yours at Three Heads Brewing on Atlantic Avenue today. We will talk plenty of Bills and Bengals, and we'll learn a little bit more about one of the new Buffalo Bills from this week, uh, acquired at the trade deadline. Rasul Douglas, inbound from Green Bay and from Milwaukee, will be joined by Bart Winkler, who you hear on CBS Sports Radio. We we had this relationship with Bart going back to his days when he was just a morning guy in Milwaukee. Now he's doing the national thing at CBS, so it's great to have Bart on with us today. He was on last night, by the way, when yep. we were driving home and you know had his baseball take. I'm sure we'll we'll give him room to lay that oh, out. Can't wait. Um, but here's how I things I want to kind of get out. Okay, yes, Douglas, tell me. Are we should we be excited about this player or is it with just a guy here? We'll get Bart's opinion on that. Jordan Love. Time up here in Green Bay. What should the Packers kind of do? And then I want to give Bart some room here because you and I had the same take. And Aaron Rodgers is kind of warming up on the sideline in front of the cameras. That soft New York media just eating it all up. Everybody says the New York media, oh, they're really tough New York. Yeah. No, they're not. They've gotten they, soft. They have gotten soft. They're glorified cheerleaders. And Aaron Rodgers is playing them to a tune. And will we actually see Aaron Rodgers now that the Jets are kind of faltering? Probably not. But we'll talk to uh, Bart Winkler about those things, everything NFL related. And yes, he has a doozy of a baseball take that quite honestly pissed me off. But we'll let oh, Bart it's explain. good. A, a take that splits the audience or makes you mad. It's but a it's, good take. It's not a good take because it's fantasy land. It's like saying, hey, I wish I could have ice cream every day. You can't because you the well, his take on baseball is not practical. That's why. Was it the take I shared yesterday? Yeah, the, the take that Labor Day should be the end of the baseball season. Yes. And it's not practical. Well, I, I know, but. So, the, the, here's therefore, the why we entertain Is it short term, short term loss for long term gain? And hear me out. Could you, could you, and could you make up some of those games by shortening spring training? And playing more games early in the season. I know that doesn't work well in, in some of the climates when you're talking about games in Chicago and you, games. In- you can't for pitchers. The only reason why it really takes pitchers that much time to ramp up. If you worked, you know, no, I don't think that would work either. You would have to cut the season down drastically. And the local TV revenue, the local gate yeah. is still where it's at. I, I love the idea. And I think with with the opportunities that you have with so many young and exciting players in the game right now, why not remain the only game in town through the summer and have your most important games happen when, you know, preseason football is happening and we're paying attention to football. But really if it came down to world series game five or a preseason football game, you're probably still watching the world series. Here's why. And I'm, I'm actually going to quote Bart himself because he ha- he laid it out perfectly last night. I'm going to use his own argument against him and you for that matter. 
okay, you're a Yankee fan. We have plenty of Yankee fans, right? And what do you watch every night? The Yankees. You care about your team. You're watching the Yankees on Monday. You're watching them on Tuesday. Um, Wednesday, maybe a travel day. Thursday, uh, Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday afternoon. Are you watching the Sunday night game? No. The point is you're watching your team and your team alone. And when we get to the postseason, if your team's not in it, you don't care. It's not a national sport. You care about only your team because it's on every night. So many people that just don't love baseball. So you're saying Yankee fans don't love baseball because they won't watch baseball unless the Yankees are playing? They're more Yankee fans than baseball fans. They're more Yankee fans than baseball yeah i I think i think we have to be honest with ourselves look at the numbers they were terrible for the world series but it's not surprising these are two teams you don't care about and when it comes to i want part on right now can we get part on right now let's just have this let's keep having this i don't want to stop this conversation there are more I'm, i'm just wrapping my mind around there are more yankee fans than baseball fans. Did Yankee fans are like, well, my team's not in it, but let me sit down and watch uh, my former Yankee, uh, Nathan Eovaldi, go up against Zach Gallen. I doubt it. Then they don't love baseball. So you're saying Yankee fans don't love baseball? I think they, they don't be, care. Or they just love Yankee baseball. They love Yankee baseball uh, or Met baseball or whatever uh, it is. I don't know, man. I may, Maybe I don't love my team as passionately as Yankee fan loves the Yankees, but I enjoyed the postseason. I, I dug the hell out of it. You finally made some money after a bet. <laughs> I did, yeah. but it was fun. It, yeah. was, it, was, um, it was fun to see a couple of teams that, that traditionally aren't in there. It was fun to see a team that all season long was exciting and, and it you know, provided a lot of firepower and explosion. They were I, offensive. I, I, Arizona didn't belong. They were four games above 500. So why am I investing any time in the anything as a baseball watcher? Because you love baseball. It is no. the fabric of our country. No. It's been the one constant for generations. <laughs> Here's baseball. <laughs> I can't wait. Let's get Bart in here now. Yeah. All right. So All Bart right. will join us at 425. Later this hour, uh, we'll shift gears and talk some NHL. John Matisse uh, from The Score. He's their national writer, and uh, we'll talk some Sabres hockey. Is this real or not? Um, you've got a 24-year-old goaltender that's playing really well. Were we all wrong about Uka Pakalukan in danger? Because, I, man, if he continues to play like this, this is the thing we weren't expecting this year, that maybe it's UPL kind of driving. And, again, it's a small sample size, but I would just say – when did he really get the extended look in Buffalo? When was his development in Rochester? He got hurt the one year. Never played a playoff game in Rochester. He did a whole season, though. He made it through an entire season in Rochester, right? That was I remember when his back was against the wall. They said, we want to see UPL play a, you know, play a whole season. And he did. He, he lived up to that. I, I think it doesn't have to be either or. I think there's nothing wrong in today's NHL with not having a guy between the pipes. If you have two guys that are capable and confident and, and competent and can get hot, then you're you're doing better than most. And I think you see it time and time again with teams, especially as they get into the postseason, they'll ride that hot hand and know that if it doesn't work, they'll shift gears and the other guy will be fresh and ready to go. I, I kind of like... That there's a potential. It's not even to me. It's not even a goaltender controversy. Okay, I just, so should I'm going to throw this idea. I know you're going to say absolutely not, but just just entertain my idea, right? Mm-hmm. Comrie comes back. 
Why are you keeping three goalies? Send Devin Levi and let him get work here. Just for a month. Just, Devin, we want you to stay sharp. Well, I'm sure that that would be wonderful for everybody here, but I'm I'm fairly certain that contractually you can't do that with Levi's contract, can you? Sure, why not? Is Absolutely. It, is it a two-way contract? Absolutely, he can come down. Is it a two-way contract? I'm pretty sure he could come down. All right. We'll have to ask. I don't know that they, I don't know that they would do that. I, but, and, and I also think that when you're a goalie like a Levi and you know how hard it was for even UPL to come back down for a stretch. Once you get a taste, you want to stay up there. You want to continue to prove that you belong. And so what do you do to that player's mental game? If you say, yeah, Mm. go get some reps down in the AHL kid. I, I think it's, I think it's great that you have two. And if you have three, if you have Comrie, that's fine too. You've got a chip. You've got something that maybe you can hold on to, or you've got something that you can move down. If anything, I would say Comrie would be the one that you could say, hey, bud, uh, go down to the AHL and, and yeah. give us some reps. I think you keep the young guys up up at the parent club. But we'll, we'll talk to John Matisse and get his take on what's been going on with the Sabres who tonight host the Flyers. Goatheads tonight, I believe. Uh, Goatheads tonight. Yes, yeah, so 12-1-1. It's a win. I'm going to take Philadelphia. Why? Uh, despite the Goatheads. Because Philadelphia dominated Buffalo right. the other night. I, and I would think that... They're not going to get five goals on 15 shots tonight. I would think Buffalo will play much better. I kind of look at it through the other lens. Like, the Sabres are not going to play that poorly like they did the other night. They got away with it. They'll be better tonight. Yeah. I I, uh, I got a little skin in the game there. I, I just saw the value there with the Flyers. I'm like, ah, I'll, I don't want to root against the Sabres, and I won't root against the Sabres, but my wallet is saying take the Flyers on the money line. Mike plus money danger. That's, That's me. Where we're going to call right. you Always plus money. System and value, just like uh, the greatest uh, head coach of all time there, Bill Belichick. System and value. Uh, you can join us on the Good Smoke Barbecue and Pub Wingman line. 866-4FAN is our phone number. 866-4326. Award-winning barbecue from Good Smoke Barbecue and Pub. New location, 135 West Commercial Street, East Rochester. GoodSmokeBBQ.com. So you are picking the Bengals for what it's worth. I will pick the Bengals as well. I don't know if the Bills have a pass rush um, that's going to get to Joe Burrow in this game. So therefore... Um, the, the Bills matching point for point. I see Sean McDermott maybe leaning a little too much into the complimentary football nonsense. I'm going to go with the Bengals winning this game 30-23. to 23. I, uh, I had to chuckle last night. The Steelers and the Titans played on prime. And at one point of the broadcast, I heard Kirk, Kirk Herbstreet was talking about the Steelers. And you know how Steelers games go, right? You know it's not going to be a lot of points. The offense is going to struggle. Do you realize they are on a record pace? They have been outgained every game so far this year. Yep. And what are they, five and three? Five and three. They're farting around. And they're going to continue to fart around for the rest of the season. They're probably going to make the postseason. With that offense, right? With that Terrible offense and Herb Street's talking about how the offense has struggled and boy, but don't you get the sense the way this defense is playing? It's exactly what Mike Tomlin wants, knowing that his defense needs to step up and they need to play complimentary football. That goes exactly what I say all the time. When you hear that phrase, that applies to Pittsburgh. When you have a quarterback that's not executing, you've got to go to Brian right. B. And, and right away, I thought, well, you know what? When McDermott does bring it up, first of all, I don't know if you knew this or not, but Sean McDermott and, and Mike Tomlin, they both went to William and Mary. 
probably have very similar styles and values when it comes to how they want to coach their teams. And they certainly have the same beliefs of complimentary football. The difference here is that one has Josh freaking Allen and the other has a broken Kenny Pickett who hasn't been good. So yeah, I, I just, I, I heard that and I, I kind of cracked a smile. I'm like, uh, of course the Steelers want to play complimentary football and it got them a win by the way, like good for them. They get the win. Will Levis look, Will Levis was impressive in the losing effort. Yeah, he's still good. Yeah. It, there's something there and it would make me say, well, why didn't you start him sooner? Why weren't you getting him more reps? What is it? Cause you see, he's got the armies. He's, he's not afraid to take shots downfield. And yeah, and Mike Vrabel got a little cowardly at the end of the first half. I had to kind of chuckle like, okay, well, you know what? We're not going to let him run another play here. Let's just get the field goal. Okay, sure. That won't come back to bite you. You know what Will Levis looks like to me? You play Madden. We play Madden with your son back in the day, right? Madden lets you create your own player. (laughs) Like Will Levis looks like the player I would create if I was creating a quarterback for my my franchise, right? Like, let me get the biggest arms that the game will allow me to get on my quarterback so he can throw this ball over those mountains over there. I wanted to be just jacked. I don't care how much it slows him down. Levis is jacked. That dude is built. And I also thought it was funny yesterday uh, when we were talking to um, Andy Barron's from Yahoo Fantasy Sports when talking about Will Levis and talking about his game. He's like, God, I feel like I was just describing a young Josh Allen. Yeah, mm. kind of like you're watching a young Josh Allen. The arm strength is ridiculous. And I think it's just a matter of time before Will Levis has a game where you're, you know, with eye-popping numbers and and throws that you're like, whoa, did he really just do that? And last week's game when they win against Atlanta, he's got the deep shots to DeAndre Hopkins. Everything else was kind of at the line of scrimmage. When they decide to open it up and, and unleash Will Levis when they realize that he can, when he has the ability to start making all those throws, I I could see a lot of comparisons, actual comparisons to Josh Allen with his game. Yeah, in, in a league right now, it needs better quarterbacking play and a lot of places I'm I'm happy that the Titans for them and their fans you know they have somebody that you're not going to tune into yeah uh 27-24 was my prediction Bengals over Bills although uh Dan DeLorean as he does before he leaves he, he just drops a little truth bomb on me here he's like hey did you see this and I'm like see what he's like look at how the Bengals have done on Sunday night football games I'm like what are you telling me the Bengals while they've won NBC playoff games, their regular season record for NBC's Sunday night football broadcasts, oh and nine. What number? Oh and nine, Gene. Nine times. Feels like an omen. Oh. Feels like an omen. Mm. Bengals uh are playing a regular season Sunday night game for the first time since October 9th. Nine times. Twenty twenty two. They lost that game to the to the Ravens. So I, I when I saw that, I'm like, oh, well, look at that. The Bengals struggled on NBC's Sunday Night Football. I don't know. And they were on their way to a win on January 2nd, were they not against the Bills that night? So That was a Monday night game, Yeah, it, well, okay, that was a Monday night. And I think the AFC Championship game in Cincinnati was, actually, that was not a night game. Well, look, three of the Bengals' nine regular season Sunday night games. Nine times. Have been at he- uh, the old Heinz Field, Acrisure Stadium. Yeah. They've played yeah. the Steelers a lot on Sunday night football. 
Um, the Bills, for what it's worth, haven't lost on Sunday night since 2007. Now, you have to keep in mind, there was a pretty good stretch there from 2007 to 2019 where they didn't have any Sunday night games. Nobody wanted to watch the Bills in primetime. Seven of those wins, all seven of those wins have come since Josh Allen has taken over Mm -hmm. as the Bills' starting quarterback. So they haven't lost on a Sunday night since 2007. I don't know. Just a couple of interesting stats there. Even though uh, both of us have the Bengals winning, I see these stats. I'm like, is there something here? Maybe there is. And neither of us have the Bills getting blown out. Could certainly see that happening. But I could also see the Bills winning in electric fashion the way they did against my. If that, that team against Miami shows up, the Bengals don't stand a chance. It's the energy level for the Bills. Are they going to come out and just have that little extra something? They had it against Miami. You you know you you know kinda, when you, you see you, it. You know when you, yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, let's get to John Matias, the score uh, senior writer for the uh, NHL. He'll be joining us next. We'll talk some Sabers. We'll talk some NHL hockey here in the Sports Bar. Danger and Bataglia, glad you're with us on 95.7 FM and AM 950. The Fan Rochester. Odyssey has sports for every fan. Keep up with your favorite teams from across the country and get the inside scoop from experts. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Odyssey. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. A fan Rochester sports update. The Friday injury report is out for the Buffalo Bills, and just two players are listed as out. A.J. Klein and Valen Spector. Everyone else is good to go, including one of the newcomers, Rasul Douglas, who may be in the lineup. I came here to play and make plays for this organization, so 
that's really my focus is doing whatever the team need me to do, um, whether it's this week, next week, whatever week it may be, and just play my heart out. Our pregame coverage Sunday will begin at 4 o'clock, 8.20 for the coverage Sunday night here on The Fan Rochester. Tonight, got Amherst Hockey, Utica coming back to town. Don Stevens will have your call beginning at 7 o'clock. The Buffalo Sabres looking to take the home and home and get above 500 for the first time this season. Philadelphia is the opponent. That game tonight you can catch on 96.5 WCMF. Gene Taglin, the sports leader, 95.7 FM and AM 950. The Fan Rochester. They've raised the bar on Rochester Sports Talk. You're in the sports bar with Danger and Vitaglia on the Sports Leader, 95.7 FM and AM 950, The Fan, Rochester. You have to find ways to win. Um, and But the great thing is to play back-to-back, and we know we need to play better tonight, and we know we can play better. I thought a lot of guys didn't look like themselves the other night. And I think they'll be better. And then uh, you get to make some adjustments. And I think we, we, based on the other day, we can make a couple of adjustments that should help us. Um, you know, you got to be ready to go. And um, tonight's no different in that regard. Sabres hosting the Flyers tonight. There's head coach Don Granado. Looking forward to tonight. Looking forward to our next conversation with John Mattis. The score, NHL senior writer. Joining us in the sports bar. John, you're paying attention to the NHL. You're watching a lot of hockey. Give us your quick impression of the Buffalo Sabres season up to this point. Well, first of all, thanks for having me on, guys. And I would say it's uh, par for the course in the sense that, you know, last year was kind of a mulligan year, right? Like, the vibes were so good around this team, uh, you know, you know, you had the, the relatively new coach, relatively new GM, really putting their stamp on things, and expectations were low. They exceeded them. You know, nothing but positive stories in the big picture. And then comes this season, expectations have risen. And, you know, Don Granado's got to loosen – or, sorry, tighten the screws on, on defense, and, and that has some growing pains. And they're 500 right now, which I think is kind of kind of fair – um, because I think this is the type of team that's still trying to figure out what's going on with their forward group as far as, you know, who lines up with who, who's effective with who. And last year, that kind of wasn't really on the radar. They didn't have the depth. They didn't have the versatility in their lineup. That's coming. Um, and, and you see that with, say, Tuck on one line, Skinner on one line, uh, Thompson on one line. So it's sort of uh, one of those things where, you know, good performance here, bad performance there, but kind of par for the course. And I still, you know, preseason, I thought this team will make the playoffs. I still believe that. Yeah, I, well, that's kind of the, the expectation. We haven't had this expectation, what, a decade longer than that, actually, John? It's it's kind of crazy, but after going through all that with you, you see the young talent here, what, you're Kevin Adams. Are, are you letting these guys just kind of do it on their own, or are you looking – you know, for a hand uh, from the outside, because, well, there are continues to be these rumors about there's a certain free agent who I don't know if you knew he's from Buffalo. I mean, <laughs> sh- should the Sabres look toward Patrick Kane or are you not wanting to upset the chemistry at all? here? No, I think that would be fine, because when I look at their forward group, you know, Jack Quinn going out before the season, getting injured in the offseason, and, and I believe he's not coming back till late December. That, that was, a, you know, a bigger blow than you would think given uh, that they do have some firepower up front because, you know, sli- you know, Benson slides in and he looks pretty good, uh, but then he gets hurt. 
and then now they're they're scrambling a little bit. Uh, I just think their wings are a little um, depleted, and I think that they could use a Patrick Kane. Mind you, it's it's got to be the right fit in terms of um, you know what he looks like. If they can get eyes on him, you know, aside from what what his agency is putting out in in a, in a video, hype video, and if they can kind of figure out, okay, is it the Kane of last year? How does he look after? surgery or is it, is it the cane of you know old or at least uh 90 of the cane of old because it's kind of too much to ask for the cane of old i think there's a fit there and you know what like kevin adams uh left a lot on the table in the offseason in a sense where they've got what 7.5 million in cap space right now he could have went nuts he's been pretty um pretty patient here uh just added pieces along the way you know connor clifton on defense jordan greenway at last year's deadline, you know, Eric Johnson, I think they've been pretty strategic, um, but it's also setting himself up. He's setting himself up um, to finally make a, a, a splash at the deadline or in, in the case of Kane, bringing a guy in mid season off of free agency. Mind you, Kane will have other suitors and he kind of has a, you know, a, the leverage for lack of a better word here, uh, as far as if there's multiple teams looking at him, he, he can pick which whichever one he wants. So we'll see. I wouldn't say that that Kane is like the only guy that they should pursue. I think that this is the year to actually start spending draft capital and prospects versus previous years. It was like, okay, it's maybe too soon because you're just going to stunt the rebuild. But now I think it's it's actually time not to go crazy. But, you know, if, if they're in a good spot near the deadline, absolutely they should be buyers. John Mattis is the NHL senior writer at The Score, joining us in the sports bar, Danger and Bataglia, talking some Sabres hockey, talking some NHL hockey. And, John, one of the things that, that Gene and I were discussing uh, before you came on is the Sabres goaltending situation. They're carrying three, Eric Comrie, Ukapeka Lukanen, Devin Levi. Uh, Levi was great at the end of last season, a little shaky to start this season. UPL has been fantastic. Comrie is hurt. Play this out for us, because I, I tend to believe that in today's NHL, you don't necessarily need to have one guy be the guy between the pipes, and that we've seen time and time again, especially when we get in the postseason, if a goalie gets hot, you can ride that wave, and maybe the, just maybe the Sabres have two in Levi and UPL. What's your thought on their goaltending situation? Well, this kind of relates back to what I was saying about Adams taking his foot off the pedal in the offseason, where... You know, everyone and their their uncle were saying, look at this goaltending situation. Sure, Levi's got this great potential, but there's no veteran support there. And Comrie is, is a bit of a tweener goalie in terms of, you know, never really solidifying a spot as a, as a true backup over the years, you know, being through waivers a bunch of times. And then UPL, a lot of false starts there. And, and, and it's almost like there's been more hype than, than uh, substance from him. So... It, it, you know, coming in the season, you go, if the Sabres are going to make the playoffs, there sure is a lot riding on these young goalies. And I still think that is the case. Um, but I think that we got to give Levi some time here as far as last season going so well. And then this season starting more on the, the poor side of things, uh, especially considering he, he's run into an injury issue here. So, Obviously, props to UPL for stepping in and, and providing a, a Band-Aid solution, but I think this is Levi's net. And if UPL can be um, a, a 1B that's reliable, that'll help. And honestly, like team defense was an issue last year. It wasn't on the goalies entirely. And I think, you know, Granado has, has moved from, okay, we're this free-flowing, you know, rush, rush, rush team to sure we want to rush the puck still, sure we want to be more offensive than defensive, 
but we got to close that gap a little bit. And I think we're seeing that a little bit. You can see it in their underlying numbers. You can see it in, in the micro stats, you know, rush chances for or against, you know, cycle chances for or against. Like it's, they're becoming closer to uh, uh, not, not a defensive team, but a team that's closer to maybe 60 offense, 40 defense, whereas last year was, you know, whatever, 80-20. The, the, the care for the defensive zone was uh, virtually non-existent in some games. Yeah, it, it, we have this conversation a lot here. Uh, John Mattis from the score is our guest. If the Sabres are going to get to the postseason, well, it means somebody would have to come out from last year. Look, uh, eh, not Toronto. Maybe town. Who would be that team that, that you could target and say, okay, this is a team in decline in the East, John? Well, I mean, it was Boston coming in the season, but uh, they've shown us uh, yeah. us all on the outside that we have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> so, you know, unless they go through some sort of crazy tailspin here, they're they're already on a great path for a playoff spot. Detroit's look good. I'm not totally convinced on them as far as you know, uh, penciling them or them into a playoff spot at this point. But they put themselves in a good position. Toronto's going to make it. One of Florida and Tampa should make it. Um, so it's as expected in a lot of ways, it's going to be difficult. Um, but maybe a team or two in the, in the other, uh, division in the Metro, um, could tail off. I mean, I think New Jersey is going to be in, uh, you know, the Islanders, I don't think, uh, you know, uh, Pittsburgh, yeah, we'll see. Um, I think we, we got to give them a little more runway with, with their new additions, Washington, they're out, um, New York Rangers, probably in um you start going down the list and it's like it's one of those things where it's going to be a dogfight for the sabers it's going to be tight but i think that when i when i look at it from preseason to whatever we are 10 games in now i don't think my opinions change drastically i think that the sabers are still of the upper hand as far as those teams kind of battling for for wild card spots i want to look around the rest of the nhl as well and we talk about who might have to fall in the east for the sabers to get in but there's a team out west that now i'm just fascinated now i'm I'm morbid curiosity is getting the best of me john are the san jose sharks ever going to win a game oh god yeah what they're oh nine and one currently right i mean it, it's always great when uh when uh the manager of their social media is uh is, is you know kind of uh crapping on the team uh, themselves. Like, you know, I always find that humorous because like in a way you're like, Oh, I feel bad for this guy trying to pump up the, the worst team in the league. But I mean, they're, they're tanking for Celebrini. Like this, this kind of lines up with what they're, they're putting out there. The product that, that they have on paper, mind you, you think they'd have one, two wins by now. And the, the, the scores have been so lopsided and it's not like you can point to, you know, their expected goals and go, ah, oh, this is going to turn around. It's like, no, there's zero positive so far. <laughs> and it's, it's really quite, quite uh, fascinating because last year, the Anaheim Ducks were atrocious defensively by the numbers, the worst defensive team of the analytics era that goes back to 2007. And I'm sure if we had more data, they would have been the worst, you know, maybe in, in, in this century, they were that bad. And then we see San Jose come around this year and it, it honestly looks worse. So it's really quite something. And, um, it, you know, Mike Greer is, is, I guess, in a way, doing it the right way. I mean, is anyone showing up to their games? No, they've got terrible attendance numbers right now. Um, but, hey, if you want to get elite talent, which the, the San Jose Sharks need, all they have pretty much right now as far as that is, is Will Smith, who they just drafted in the fourth overall last, um, last draft. If they, if they want more Will Smiths, they got to go down this road, unfortunately. 
John Manis, our guest from The Score. Um, John, you wrote recently about somebody that we certainly know, uh, both as a head coach in Buffalo and as an executive of the Rochester Americans, Ted Nolan. And it kind of brought me back a little bit because, wow, that was a fun era. But, boy, a lot of questions about Nolan's departure and, you know, just, just kind of you know where we were in the world at that point. How is Ted today? I mean, is, is he kind of comfortable with where he is in life? I think so. Um, well, the first thing I'd say is that he uh, was diagnosed with blood cancer, a, a form of blood cancer. I can't, I can't remember the exact name off the top of my head. Um, back, I want to say in March, um, and he's feeling better now. He's gone through chemo, like he's he's healthy enough right now, and, and kind of on the other side of it. So that's good to know. But obviously, that took precedent. Um, he's, you know, he, he had this book that that came out, and he was. He had been asked to write one over the years. There was sort of, you know, the idea, okay, I've had a lot go on in my life, a lot of, uh, you know, layers to my story, a lot of controversy that has been maybe left unsaid in some ways by, by him. Um, and he was reluctant for a long time, but he decided, I'm going to put pen to paper after uh, the, the killing of George Floyd and, and, and the Black Lives Matter movement because he thought, hey, I'm seeing how... Uh, people are talking about the the plight of, of black people in America, um, and I don't want to do that for for uh, indigenous people in Canada. And and he just got, I guess, he got inspired by that and, and that movement, and and that kind of got the ball rolling. And yeah, his book's pretty interesting. I mean, there, he goes down a lot of different uh, alleyways, a lot of ro- roads as far as uh, you know his time in Buffalo and. And, you know, reading it, I was, I, I still had some, some questions as far as what happened between him and, and Hasek and, and where things broke down famously, obviously that, that injury in the playoffs that was, um, you know, clouded with mystery. I would say after reading the book, I don't have a ton of clarity as far as Nolan's perspective on it. It, it almost seemed like he, um, he's still kind of playing the card of, I'm not quite sure what was going on in, in Dominic's head kind of thing. Um, and, and maybe, you know, that, that, that shows that maybe he didn't, uh, he wasn't communicating with his goalie well enough. And that's, that's, um, a problem, but no, it's a good book. And, and, you know, he's, he's the type of guy that, that still wants to continue coaching, uh, health permitting and is still watching a ton of hockey. So, um, yeah, Ted Nolan that brings back memories of, uh, I'm sure, an interesting time in, in Sabres land. We uh, spent a lot of time this week after uh, the tragic event uh, of Adam Johnson dying after he got the skate cut to his neck. I'm curious as to the NHL's reaction, what they've done this week. I know that, that there's been kind of a more of a demand for neck guards. Do you think the NHL steps up and, and says and makes that mandatory? What well, you know, I'm sure that there's a lot of uh, in the CBA, and they would have to really like renegotiate that. But overall, just the the, the tragedy that happened, and, and how are how are the league and how are the the players reacting to this news? Yeah, first of all, terrible incident out in England, and it you know, on one hand, you go, it's great to see people take action after such a tragic event but on the other hand you're like why didn't we have this before there's sort of that like that second part of the story um but it's better than ignoring it right so here we are and you're right with the cba like this needs to be the nhl head office gary bettman bill daly and all their people and the nhlpa marty walsh and all his people coming together and figuring out um common ground because you know, this is a piece of equipment. Like, as much as it's a great safety measure, and I 100% support them making it mandatory, it's still a negotiation. It's still, you know, I'm sure there's guys in the league that are like, I don't want to be forced to wear this. 
in the same way that pride tape became such a big deal, right? Yeah. Where there's a handful of people or pride jerseys too, handful of people that say, Hey, I don't want to do this. And it's making me feel awkward having to do this. Um, and, and all of a sudden it becomes, you know, a blanket. No, we're not doing this anymore. Um, so that's always the complication with, with stuff regarding the whole league. And especially from the players association, it's difficult because they're, they're, they're representing every single player uh, in the NHL. So um, I would assume though, given uh, the amount of players across the league that have shown their support that are starting to wear neck guards, uh, the fact that other leagues, I know the WHL has, has stepped up over out in Western Canada, the junior league there and said, this is now mandatory. It was, it was very decisive and, and quick. I think it's going to happen with the NHL. I just think it's more complicated, has more um, a bureaucracy for lack of a better term uh, involved. So I don't know about you guys, but it, it seems like a no brainer uh, as far as, Hey, this is, this is something that can save lives. Let's not have an incident, an, an incident, such a tragic passing happen under our watch but you know there's lawyers that run the league and there's a union uh that they that they negotiate with so that's kind of where we're at yeah there's another whole angle to this and just just so you know the background here because for the show i i looked at the hit mike danger did not and anybody that did not want to look at the hit i i i understand you don't want to look at it um the player involved here, Matt Petgrave, and I'm going to describe this with the disclaimer. The disclaimer being it's one angle, and you sometimes see another angle like, well, that, that looks a little different. But from this angle that they show, it's almost like he's raising his his leg to prevent Adam Johnson from coming into the zone the way it kind of looks like. No, your, your skate shouldn't come off that high off the ice, which now this is causing an investigation. And now we've had mm-hmm. our instances like this in, in the sport. Um, McSorley, for instance, uh, with Brashear, you can point to other things. So I guess the debate here is, uh, John, where is the line when it comes to these sort of things that, uh, you know, should you know the authorities get involved in a situation like this? I mean, I guess it's fair. Like it, people want justice, right? Um, and there is someone who, delivered that uh not check but whatever whatever you want to call it um delivered that cut um it's it's i think it's fair to investigate i think it's like totally an innocent until proven guilty which obviously everything should be but more so here where it's could you imagine someone thinking they want to slice someone open or or use their skate as a weapon i think that's just that's crazy talk Uh, is it is it unfathomable no but i think you know, 99.9% of the people in the world would never even think of doing that. So I think it's, I think it's fair. And, and you bring up, you know, Mart, Marty McSorley and, and some of the other, you know, Todd Bertuzzi. And there's a lot of incidents over the year in the years in the NHL where you go, this clearly crossed the line and is now in, in the courts. Um, and I get why this is also uh, in that conversation. So um yeah, the, the the video, you know, doesn't look great from certain angles, but I just I, I I find it so hard to believe that that someone would 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 do that on purpose. So I'm I'm kind of pleading, uh, not not the fifth, uh, that's the wrong way to put it, but I'm kind of of, of the mind that like uh, it just seems too wild that someone would do that. That I'm I'm ready to say this guy's. Uh, this guy's innocent. John, I uh, am enjoying this so much, our time together, and I could sit here and talk hockey with you all afternoon long, and we're up against it. I wanted to make sure you had time to let our audience know where they can get more of your work. Man, it's been great talking hockey with you here in the sports bar. Well, sure, yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it again. 
Um, yeah, I guess the easiest way would be to follow me on Twitter. Uh, it's Mattis John, M-A-T-I-S-Z, or Z in the States, <laughs> and uh, J-O-H-N. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, writing about the NHL full-time for the score, uh, hopping around the league, writing about various different teams, and I'm in Buffalo fairly often because I live uh, just across the border, so uh, some Sabres content in there too. Well, listen, do you ever come over our way? Look us up here, bud. You know, we had... (laughs) (laughs) Come in for an Amherst game. exactly. There you go, there you go, yeah. Uh, That's not a bad idea, actually. All right, John, appreciate the time, man. Let's talk again soon. Okay, thanks, guys. Enjoy your weekend. John Mattis, he is the NHL senior writer for The Score. Really good hockey stuff there from uh, John. Great NHL insight and good Sabres insight as well. Yeah, well, I mean, he's this is still Levi's nut. That's the take. I'm thinking that UPL is, you know, putting his flag and saying this could be mine here, but Levi still has more of the upside. Feels like it, and the, but I do love what I love about UPL is the thing that Levi can't do anything about, and that's UPL size. Yeah. He's just got that size. Levi's nice, and, and he might be more skilled when it's all said and done, the better goalie, but the size of UPL is, you know, if he's got that under control, and he's he's looked good. Uh, we'll see. Uh, more Sabres hockey tonight. You'll be able to hear Sabres Flyers on CMF tonight. We have Amherst hockey as uh, Utica is at Blue Cross Arena. Puck drop just after 7 o'clock. Don Stevens will be by with the call here on the Fan Rochester. All right, we're going to get to some takes on tap next in the sports bar with Danger and Batagla. <laughs> All right, so if, if there's one athlete, one, and a lot of people would have said, oh, Tom Brady. Like, who is the athlete you want nothing to do with? Well, Tom Brady doesn't qualify anymore, in my opinion, because, well, he's not playing anymore. But everybody that's playing in sport today, who's the one guy you would want to vote off? I have my opinion on that. And also, uh, my thoughts on DeMar Hamlin and what they should actually do coming up Sunday night. Just like, you know, actually, we all know this is going to happen. Just do it Sunday night and get it over with. Uh, I'm going to utter words I didn't think I would ever say. Aaron Rodgers was right. Uh, what? I'll explain. <laughs> oh, I don't want to hear he was right. I will give you two stat lines as well. Uh, records. One coach versus another coach. Coach A, Coach B. And let you decide which coach has more going for him in his in his role. Uh, we'll get to that as well here in the sports bar. I'll drink to that is on the way next. Some takes on tap and Bart Winkler from CBS Sports Radio joins us from Milwaukee here in about a half hour or so. Stand by, stay in the sports bar. Danger and Bataglia, 95.7 FM and AM 950, The Fan, Rochester. Odyssey has sports for every fan. Keep up with your favorite teams from across the country and get the inside scoop from experts. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Odyssey. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 